Bickley and Marotta Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. That boy's good. It's Vinny's View on the home of the Suns, Arizona Sports. Presented by Revitalize Weight Loss and Wellness. Eat smart, lose weight, keep it off with Revitalize. Proud nutrition partner of your Phoenix Suns. Ding dong, the Clippers are dead. Suns are moving on after a 136-130 win in Game 5 of the Western Conference first round. And years from now, you'll look at this result on whatever basketball website you use, and you'll see an easy five-game Suns victory over a shorthanded Clippers team, right? No, that was not the case. In what looked like it was going to be the first blowout of the series when Devin Booker went nuclear in the third quarter, scoring half of the Suns franchise record 50 points in that frame, the Clippers fought and scratched and clawed and committed flagrant fouls until the bitter end. Okay, enough about them. Ask yourself this question. Is Devin Booker the best player in the game right now? If you didn't answer yes immediately, your answer could very well be no, but he's up there. Booker was simply amazing on Tuesday night. His 40th career playoff game was arguably his best, scoring 47 points on 70% shooting and dishing out 10 assists. The only other player that has matched that output in an NBA playoff game is Damian Lillard in 2021. Once again, as has been consistent in this series, Kevin Durant has assumed his role as a lethal second option. And once again, very quietly, Durant pumped in 31 points. But it just wasn't about that duo. There was widespread damage. DeAndre Ayton kept the Suns in a game in a flat uh, first half performance with 18 points and his rebounding activity increased sharply in the second half. Chris Paul again knocked down open shots and scored 15. Bismack Biombo had a big impact with eight points, eight rebounds, three blocks, and hit 80% of his free throws. Josh Okogie made big plays when they were needed. A buzzer-beating jumper early in the fourth to save a seemingly doomed possession and a steal in the final minute that led to a Durant transition bucket that essentially iced the game and the series. It was only five games, but it was tough every step of the way. And for a Suns team needing time, reps, and pressure to improve its chemistry and togetherness on the fly, well, you might want to send a cookie bouquet to Ty Lue and the Clippers for expediting that process. Vinny's View brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss and Wellness. Eat smart, lose weight, keep it off with Revitalize. Proud nutrition partner of the Phoenix Suns. Just one, using the clock properly and spacing the floor. We got Kevin. We tried to get him in the post, and then they were fronting him and clogging the paint. So we just decided to put him at the nail and give him a chance to operate, and he got fouled. And they were trapping and fake trapping, and that was a lot, that was forcing us to waste clock. And then we were getting into late clock, late shot situations in the clock but it wasn't great by any stretch but we did enough to get the win um, and it, it was the defense I think they threw it away a couple times just tough passes and then J.O. had a, a big time steal. It's Monty Williams on closing out the Clippers in game five and uh, he used the phrase it wasn't great and it wasn't mm. the Clippers got hot and the Suns kind of went into a shell offensively yeah and let's get into that because Monty Williams was getting a lot of criticism after the game for personnel and usage late in that game. Mm-hmm. And you saw it unfold, Bick, when Josh Okogie ended up with two open shots in the fourth quarter, right in the middle of that Clippers onslaught, and he missed both of those mm-hmm. shots. Well, Landry Shamit comes in the call, game. And 
Landry Shamit did Landry Shamit things. He, he did. He missed a shot. Uh, he, he, he attempted a drive on the baseline that was very awkward looking. There was yeah. a turnover where he took a wrong path to the basket. Yeah, and Devin a, Booker a pass threw the Devin ball Booker. behind him. Yeah, so listen, I, I, there was some weirdness post-game, and, and I'm not sure quite exactly what it was, but I, but I think a lot of it has to do with, with the way that that game started to fall apart. Don't forget, Nicholas Batum had an open three that would have given that team the lead with just over a minute to go, and yeah. mercy would that have been something. They had three possessions to tie or take the lead yeah. and could not capitalize. So I, so I think Monty Williams was wearing some of this, particularly with Matt Ishbia and his entire MSU crew in the house last night. But Monty Williams got into the press um, press room after the after the game. Now this is a series clinching game in which Devin Booker went nuclear, right? Mm-hmm. So you think the head coach would be beaming with happiness? He sits down, and, and there's a large gathering in the media room, and there isn't a question right away. That like w- there was no organization in the room yet, so the so the thing wasn't firing right on time. Monty Williams looked at the group and said, "If I don't get a question, I'm leaving." And I thought. Ain't that something? (laughs) It's a pretty good DA impression. If I don't get a question, I'm leaving. And this isn't the first time. This isn't the first time at a press at a at a gathering, a media gathering uh, on a a practice day. Monty Williams kind of got into it a little bit with a local TV guy, saying, "You know, if if we got into a ring die right now, how comfortable would you be?" And it was a real weird exchange. And I've talked to people about it, and I. For a guy that's been really largely treated like a king around here, I don't get his attitude to the media sometimes. So, so, so what I'm getting at is I think he's under feeling some stress here. Yeah, it's not the same as it was when Monty Williams was put on a pedestal after the bubble when they went 8-0. Yeah. And it certainly wasn't that way after Monty Williams helped the Suns get to the NBA Finals and, and fell short. This team is is swimming in the pool of expectations right now. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, especially after you make a Kevin Durant trade, the pressure gets ramped up. There's no doubt about it. But for that to be the first thing said after a bizarre. series clinching Just win is, bizarre, is very strange. Just, and I've seen this flare up from him. Um, for a guy who's never won a championship, I'm like, what? What is this all about? Because he's been treated really, really well here. So I, I don't know what this is. I don't know if he's feeling heat. I don't know if 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 he's feeling that he's on tenuous ground. I don't know if he's thinking. I don't. I don't know if he didn't. If the owner didn't say, "What are you doing playing Landry Shamit for after the game?" Well, I don't the, know. Does he deserve the heat? Does he deserve well, to feel any heat so far? How he's coaching the playoffs? Well, listen. It, it, this this bench issue. It, it's it's a give and take because he. I think he he pushed the right button with Tory Craig in the starting lineup. Yes. Okay. And, and and before this collapse last night, I was actually pondering, thinking, you know what? Maybe I should write a column about Monty Williams winning a playoff series after a postseason in which he was largely outcoached. Because I saw a couple things in this series that I think I think deserves credit. The Tory Craig decision is one, and then as I've spoken about frequently, the the sudden turnabout with Chris Paul and Devin Booker when it comes to officiating. Somebody talk to them. So I'm thinking maybe it was Monty. Maybe Monty got to them. And, and I and I also like the fact that Monty's not putting up with really tolerating any of this DA stuff anymore. But I, I just don't get this attitude sometimes, and I, I just wonder what it speaks to, Vinny. That's yeah. all. And maybe you're right. Maybe it's just the expectations. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's having Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and, not, and, and having to piece this thing together on a game-to-game yeah. basis. Maybe there's a lot of stress involved in this. I'm sure there is. The honeymoon is over. It's a good way of putting yeah. it. 
Uh, even though Devin, or excuse me, Kevin Durant's only been here for for a short time. For for Monty Williams, the honeymoon is over. On the Shamit question, he was asked about that. I believe it was our own Kellen Olson that asked the question. Just to try to space the floor a little bit. Jo was in the corner and they were helping off of him. So just to put Landry over there and maybe they guard him so we'd have more room to operate. Yeah, and it, uh, on my way home, I make it a ritual. I like to listen to the post game show and um, you know, I, <laughs> kind of along the same lines, Monty. Williams comes in after winning a series and says, hey, if I don't get a question, I'm leaving. The tone of a lot of the calls on the postgame show was focused on that very issue. Monty Williams and his continued usage of Landry Shamit. And he was like, the Suns just won a series in five games. Yeah. Where's the well, celebratory feel? Yeah, but again, that honeymoon That's, is over. They want to focus on he can't play anymore. And if that fourth quarter didn't go down the way it would, there wouldn't have been any of that. That's that's no. what's the weirdness about this game. For a, for a celebration of the first home playoff se- clinching series victory in 16 plus you whatever it is that's that's something i mean it's it, you're right it, there's a lot to kind of burrow through to get to 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 all the optimism but it's there it is there there's a there's look you talk about a work in progress i i wrote this today this was last night was the 12th victory with kevin durant 12 more they're nba champions yeah Halfway there. Halfway there. <laughs> They're twelve and one with KD and Devin Booker. Twelve more wins. We got ourselves a champion. Yeah, you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. Coming up next, more on the Suns' five game series win over the Clippers. And yeah, it's kind of nice to have Kevin Durant as a second option, isn't it? That and more straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on this Wednesday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. The home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Murata talk Suns Clippers. Now. Felt good. You know, it's it's not always going to be pretty. It's who cares what the box scores say. You know, it's on to the next series. Chris Paul, after the Suns close out at home 136-130 over the L.A. Clippers, they move on in five games. They will face the Denver Nuggets in the next round. There had been a lot of consistent themes for both teams throughout this series, and some of those themes did not hold up in, in Game 5. On the Suns' side, Torrey Craig, you know, kind of piggybacking off our last discussion on Monty Williams and his usage. Yes, the, the, the insertion of Torrey Craig into the starting lineup paid dividends throughout the series. He did not have his best game last night, was not really a factor in the game, but let's remember, too, that the reason why Monty Williams did that initially was to put Torrey Craig more on Kawhi Leonard. He didn't play after game two. Right. Torrey Craig still continued to produce, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, that that theme kind of ran out last night. And we had been talking in games two, three, and four about Russell Westbrook being the engine that drives the L.A. Clippers. Mm-hmm. And Bad Russ showed up again last night. Three for 18 from the floor, five turnovers. Uh, he did score 14 points, but, um, you know, the, he bookended uh, this series in game one yeah. and game five, I think, going six of 37 yeah. from the floor in those two games of Footprint Center. Yeah, my, my instinct was was he was not going to be able to sustain that and put forth another um, sort of impactful game. Um, and, and that came true. He still was very, very aggressive and was sort of the emotional leader of the team. I think all in all, it was still a, uh, a very, very uh, accountable, stout performance from Russell Westbrook. Even though that yes. three for even though that three for eighteen, people are like, "Yeah, there he is again. There's that guy again." 
Yeah, no, I just I, I've got a lot of renewed respect for the way he conducted himself. If 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 somebody tweeted this out out last night, if if eighty percent of the NBA played as hard as Russell Westbrook does, the league would be a much better place. Yeah, I I don't. Disagree. So I'm done. I'm done mocking Russell Westbrook personally. I have a lot of respect for what he did this. It's year. interesting, and 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 we're not going to delve into this too deeply. But you know, look you look up at the TV in the studio right now, and they're having a discussion on first take, and Stephen A. Smith is making the argument that Steve Ballmer needs to blow that whole thing up. I just got I, sent a text thread from somebody who apparently covers the Clippers with all kinds of dirt on the dysfunction between the coaching staff and the front office and the Ty, is that right? Ty Lue might be on his way out. I, I don't is know. Is that right? I don't know how legit it is, but this person claims. He was there for every home game and and got some fly on the wall treatment and and learned a lot of stuff about the Clippers. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I I thought it was fascinating. Ty Lue's mood last night before the game. He was incredibly jovial. I I just I literally almost ran into him. Mm-hmm. Literally, like boom, we ran into him and and we had a very cordial exchange. I'm like, wow, he's in a good mood. I thought I was going to get my head chewed off there. And, and then at halftime, he's coming off. He's walking through the tunnel. He's laughing. He's messing around. So I I, I thought he I thought that team was in a really good place. That's interesting to hear that. I, I'll say this. I just I I really, with all due respect to Kawhi Leonard, if Kawhi Leonard's tendinopathy is so bad. That he can play a game in which he played 39 minutes, scored 31 points, and now develops swelling, and it keeps him sidelined throughout an elimination game. He should retire. Well, here's he should retire. An update on that: According okay. to Sham Sharani, he has a torn meniscus. Well, again, this is the second postseason I, in the last three years where the Suns have been an opponent of the Clippers, and there's all this mystery and clouds of, you know, what's real with with Kawhi Leonard. That organization, man, I'm not saying they lie about injuries, but they cover it up oh, more than man. anybody. And and listen, I've torn my meniscus. I could not walk the way Kawhi Leonard was walking purposefully. He was striding off the court after game two. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time believing that a torn meniscus, a guy would be moving like that. Now, again, I know, understand. I understand post-game, there's adrenaline. I understand all that. But a torn meniscus, you're hearing, you're, you're hearing the clickety-click-click with every step. Uh-huh. And you're not... You're not striding off the court. So, like you said, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of weirdness around all of this. Mm-hmm. Thank now, goodness. Because if there wasn't the weirdness and the injuries, who knows how that series would have gone. Despite the greatness I, of Booker and Durant. I think I know how it would have gone. I mean, and, and I thought the Suns got more widespread contributions last night than they had in the entire series. Mm-hmm. Um, because that you know they had a couple of bench guys who affected th- things positively, which is the first time you can say that. I thought Da had a good game. Chris Paul made some big shots, but Kawhi it, that looked like a different basketball team with a healthy Kawhi Leonard on the floor. It just did. It did. There's no doubt about it. That's and and that is why I think so many of us were freaked out after five quarters of this series. We did not. I did not. Ex- I expected Kawhi Leonard to be good. I did not expect him to be the best player on the court. And he was for five quarters. Yeah. And then, again, a lot of things happened. The Devin Booker ascension, and, and here we are with the Clippers in the rearview mirror. And that's good. And it's, it's, you know, it's always great to eliminate Los Angeles-based teams. We've done this how many times now? Three times in the last three years? Three, three times years? in the last three okay. years. Yeah. And we might get a fourth. 
If it's the Lakers. How weird would it be? I was thinking about this. You know, the, the run to the finals two years ago was Lakers first, Nuggets second, Clippers third. This year you have the Clippers first, Nuggets second, maybe the <laughs> Lakers third. Uh-huh. How strange would that Very. be? Very. Whoa, that would be Wow, weird. that is unbelievable. Isn't that with Isn't the that weird? It's so weird. Not looking like Milwaukee in the finals, though. Well, and, you talk, what, and look, what if Atlanta wins game six? What what if the Celtics and the that, Bucks are on the so brink of extinction? Did you did you watch any of that uh, Celtics Hawks game? Are you I already at the, the arena? Shots. I okay. saw the shot too. Because That's basically they, all that, I saw. It was a, like a mirror of the Suns game. An epic, a huge lead in the fourth, total control of the entire, and then a collapse. But they collapsed all the way. And during that Suns game, I was like, "Do not let that happen." That is what happens when you mess around uh-huh. and you don't, you know, end things in Game Five. All of a sudden, you're going on the road for Game Six. You don't know what happened. Yeah. Don't let that no, happen if you're the Suns. The, the fact that the Suns are this really spectacular mix of greatness and flaws is it, 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 this is the defining story that we're dealing with here. It potentially makes it more exciting to grab onto, though. Because if Kevin Durant came and all of a sudden this was an unstoppable juggernaut, mm-hmm. winning every game by 30, then you sort of had that the discussion that we were talking about as the trade happened. Like, yeah, but how it, good would this feel if it just like they assembled a super team of, uh, but, with but pieces? Again, but so you say all that, and it sounds accurate, they're 12-1. I know, they're, yeah. actually, they're still winning they're the games, I agree. Yeah. So, so the style points aren't there, but they seem to be getting better. And Devin they, Booker sure seems to be getting better. And maybe we're focusing too much on the style points. May, I, no, I, 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 might, so. I might be personally. I, no, no, see, I, I don't think so because I think that the Suns have looked so vulnerable in certain pockets that I, that I, I think that it's it's worthy talking about this stuff. It's it just it, it's this classic example. You know, this whole thing: uh, the Bulls organizations win championships. No, they don't. Players, great win. players win championships. And the Suns have two and of the, the best. Suns have two of them. Yeah, yeah. We'll have a lot more on this in the uh, Rush Hour reboot and beyond. But Sarah will take us through the big stories of the day next it's pickley and Murata mornings here on this wednesday live from the Chin community studios on arizona sports the local sports leader arizona sports the local sports leader rush hour reboot rush hour reboot getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning brought to you by brooklyn betting arizona built for america's dreams Welcome on into the Rush Hour Reboot, everybody, here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We are all energized. We are vibing on this victory. What is today? Vibing high. Wednesday? Is today Wednesday? Yeah, today's Wednesday. Inexplicably. It is only Wednesday morning right now. (laughs) What do you mean inexplicably? All day yesterday felt like Wednesday to me, and today should be Thursday. He's been dragging ass for two days now. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Welcome in, everybody. Happy to have you with us as we go through the top stories of the day. I'm Sarah Cazell. That's Dan Bickley. Hey. That's Vince Morata. Why won't you die? <laughs> to the Clippers. My goodness, I had that. I had I that, that scene it's in my good. head all yeah. night. Well, most of the second half last night. Right. And Jarrett Carlin. If you're power shagging, no wonder your 
Chafin. Brilliant. Line of the week so far. <laughs> oh, man. What a night it was at Footprint Center last night. The Suns beat the Clippers once and for all, 136-130, to clinch the series and get on to the Western Conference semis. Devin Booker powered the Suns with 47 points on 70% shooting, 8 rebounds and 10 assists. He outscored the Clippers himself in the third quarter. He had 25 third quarter points while the Clippers had 24. Chris Paul here on Booker's third quarter. I didn't realize how many it was. You know, in those situations, you just you're just trying to get the lead, trying to get the lead. And when you're in those moments, man, you just you gotta appreciate it. You know, while we're playing, we just trying to get the ball to them, make shots when they're doubling, and uh, it's big time. Here's DeAndre Ayton on Booker's third quarter. That's, that's Devin. That's Devin. Um, it's just that it hit different because it's, it's playoffs, man. It's playoffs, man. You know, you expect everybody to be playing. 10%, and he's still doing what he normally do. And here is Kevin Durant on Booker's night as a whole. Yeah, it was spiritual. Like, I don't show too, I don't scream too much in the games no more as I got older, but when we hit that three on, on the top of the key, I felt the energy, and I know everybody in our crowd felt it. So we feed off of his aggression, um, not just us on the team, but Suns fans watching TV, Suns fans in the arena. Like His impact and his presence just means a lot to us. So that was incredible to see and to be a part of. Now, I would start out by asking you guys, how did Devin Booker pull off such a great night? But we have photo evidence on Twitter. It was the pregame fist bump from Vince Morata. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's getting a lot of traction right now on the Internet. Yeah. Yeah, you don't seem too fond of that moment. That's, well, it's no. the, the players. It's it's ritualistic. They yeah, fist yeah, bump everybody. Certain, there's certain players yeah. who do that every game, and yeah. Book's one of them. Yeah, and, yeah. So it's uh, I had nothing to do with it. Oh no, it made my night better. A- absolutely, <laughs> well, I didn't make his you night better. We're on fire now. Looking at this five game series, Booker averaged thirty seven point two points, five rebounds, six point four assists, and sixty percent shooting <laughs> from the field. What? Looking back at Devin Booker in last year's playoff run compared to the five games so far this year, how has he evolved? What are the differences? Oh, boy, I, I could go on and on and on about this. He's He has become an elite defensive player, not just a good defensive player. He's become one of the best two-way players in the NBA. Um, his quickness, his conditioning, like I said, he used to be a little bit plodding, and, and now he just glides and floats. He gets wherever he wants on the basketball court. He, he knows what he's looking for, and he's in one of those zones where every shot he puts up you think is going in. A lot of good stuff. Yeah, and I I think a lot of this, what we're seeing from Devin Booker, has to do with the last playoff series we saw him play last year. It was probably his worst playoff series as as a pro. He shot 43% against the Mavs. He averaged 23 points per game. Uh, and kind of flamed out at the end of that series famously. And I thought that drove him. And and I'm not going to sit here and deny it and say it's all Devin Booker. Kevin Durant, as advertised, has made things a hell of a lot easier for a lot of guys offensively, and Devin Booker is the main beneficiary no of that. But No doubt. Uh, just because it's easy doesn't mean you're going to deliver. That combination is happening right now. Kevin Durant's setting it up, and Booker's knocking it down. It's it's so much fun Listen, to watch right and now. It's, okay. it's proof. You look at some of the role players on the Suns. Making shots in this environment 
It's no joke. It's very, very difficult. Teams have, you're playing the same team night after night after night. They begin to know all your tendencies. They start scheming against you. So now it comes down to you as a basketball player. How good are you? Can you score on a defense that knows everything you're about to do? And how steely are you between the ears? You can watch every role player in the NBA. Go get to a game early. Watch these guys warm up. They don't miss shots. It's crazy to watch. But when the pressure of the game you know, sets in mm-hmm. and you're all alone in the right corner and all you got to do is knock down that three, you've knocked down a million times in warm-ups, it's different. Bick yeah. is exactly right about that. Yeah. All right. We talked about the third quarter. It was incredible. 25 points for Book, 50 points for the Suns. Uh, but the Suns still had to fight for it in the fourth. They had a 17-point lead st- to start out the fourth. That was whittled down to a two-point lead with two minutes left. And then Josh Okogie had a major moment with one minute left in the game, swiping the ball from Norman Powell. Chris Paul collected it, hit Kevin Durant for two. Off it goes to Norman Powell. And it was knocked away by Okogie. Picked up by Chris Paul. Paul is grab goes underneath to Kevin Durant. He lays it in with 58 seconds to go. The Clippers will take a timeout. So with that in mind, is there anything that you hope the Suns learned in this first series that they can take moving forward? Yeah, that Landry Shamit's not <laughs> suited for bat playoff basketball games. I think you can start there. Well, that a Kogi play, too. He had just come back in the game. He had been subbed right before the ball was inbounded, and he came in for Landry Shamit. So that was very fortuitous timing. Mm. But you know, it was a it was a good strategic ploy to get a, a defense for offense kind of sub going, and, and Josh Okogie made made it happen. But um, I, I not that they ever forget this. No game is ever over in the NBA. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing anymore. With the three-point shot, and the Clippers really shined a light on that. When you hit five three-pointers in that quick of a span, you see how leads evaporate, and it sucks the energy mm-hmm. right out of a building. And that was the yeah. first time, really, as a team, they got hot the whole series, and you saw what happened. Yeah. That chicken sandwich energy quickly turned into chicken blank energy, am <laughs> yes, I right? Good way of putting it. Good way of putting it. Oh, thank you so much. You can use that for your next column. All right. Like that. As we wrap up this Clippers series, let's do some quick word association. Association. Uh, one, two, three words, just a couple of words for each each name I threw out there. Devin Booker. Legendary. Becoming legendary. Kevin Durant. As advertised. Chill. He does him. <laughs> and I. Chill. Fourth quarter. White knuckle. Yeah, um, that's a good one. That's a good one. White knuckle times yeah. two? Mm-hmm. Okay. Landry Shamit. Get it together. Splinters. <laughs> Splinters? Bench. Sit. <laughs> right. Ouch. I was really, like, when, when Shamit hit a three in the third quarter, yeah. and you're like, okay, everything's coming up roses yeah, now, okay. and that was it. I'm, his minutes might just, if they push campaign to like four minutes next game, maybe Shamit won't play as <laughs> When Cameron Payne did, didn't come off the bench first and Landry Shamit came off the bench first, I I know I was like, wow, this is interesting. And I yeah. could, when, when, when Shamit got off the bench to walk to the scorer's table, you could feel the energy change in the building of like people asking the question, what's going on? He's really, really struggling offensively right now. And. 
Yeah, so, let, so let's keep rolling them out there. Yeah. That's what you do. That's what you do. Big He's lever, high leverage hot. situation. It's got to get better at some point, right? <laughs> okay, last last uh, phrase or word out there for, for word association. Denver Nuggets. Next. What's that? Technically, that is true. <laughs> um, formidable. But I, I, I don't formidable, know. Formidable, but I, not scary. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> Next. I think that's, I, I like that. That's the word I would use. Next. Okay. There we go. We're all rebooted. Thank you, you Sarah. Rush Thanks, Sarah. Hour reboot every morning at 730. Uh, coming up next, Bick said Kevin Durant has been as advertised. Hard to argue. And, man, what a second option to go to. Does that change as the playoffs roll on for the Suns? We'll get into that and more next. Bickley and Murata mornings here on this Wednesday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Murata talk Suns Clippers. Now, Booker out on the perimeter now. Batum out to meet him defensively. Now they want a double team. They go in the corner to Durant for three. Shazam! Uh, I, th- I think we had a bad stretch of possessions. Well, I think we shot like three or four tough shots, four, four or five tough shots, and they converted on the other end going down. I think that was the game. I think they hit like four straight threes uh, and got to the free throw line. Uh, so I, I think we just had a, 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 a bad minute spurt, and which turned the game for us. So they played the same exact way they was playing the whole series, denying me out. You know, not leaving my body when I'm spacing out. So, I, like you said, I think we opened up a lot of stuff there um, in the second half. But the fourth quarter, we got stops when we needed to, and um, we was able to finish it off. Kevin Durant finished with 31 points last night, 10 of 19 shooting, hit four of his six threes, including that one on a spectacular diagonal pass out of a double team by Devin Booker, who just did everything last night. Mm-hmm. And through one series, Bick, I'm not saying this is the way it's going to be in this next series or subsequent series if the Suns continue to advance, but it's been the Devin Booker show, and it's been Kevin Durant being an unbelievably uh, valuable and potent second option. Mm-hmm. If you look at Kevin Durant's series numbers, he shot 52%, 46% from three, averaged 28.4 points, 7.6 rebounds, and played 44 minutes, and he's your number two. Mm-hmm. This is, as you said in the Rush Hour reboot, as advertised, yeah. but just know that that combo has the ability to flip those roles at any time. We don't know how Denver's going to attack Kevin Durant. We don't know how they're going to deal with, with Devin Booker, but either one of those guys can do what Devin Booker did in that series. I, I think that I, I think Kevin Durant is very much responsible for a lot of the space that Devin Booker has Absolutely. on a basketball court right now. In fact, after the game, Devin Booker said the word is gravity. He brings a lot of gravity to the court and it just kind of opens up things for him. You you can only imagine what kind of defense the Suns would be looking at if there were no Kevin Durant. You can only imagine how how teams would just be rushing Devin Booker, what this would look like on a nightly basis. And it's, you know, this is sort of like his his Phoenix career in a snapshot. It's been that kind of a journey for Kevin or for Devin Booker and now he's finally got a legitimate Guy, he's got a legitimate. Uh-huh. And to call Kevin Durant a wingman is is absurd. He's one it of is. the best players in NBA history. But at the at the moment right now, Devin Booker rates above Kevin Durant. At 
at this moment. Yeah, I mean, we had the argument yesterday. You know, Jimmy Butler scores 56 points and a road win mm-hmm. uh, in Milwaukee to go up 3-1. And Jimmy Butler has been ridiculous in these playoffs for Miami. He's shorthanded in that mm-hmm. series. Is he the best player? Well, maybe he got the nod yesterday. Well, Devin Booker said, nope. Devin Booker arguably is the best player in the league right now. He, he's, Think about yes, that. He is. I, look, you take a look at the postseason scoring. Look at the numbers. The difference between Devin Booker and Jimmy Butler, who's number two, I believe, it's it's not even close. He's like 28 points ahead of the second highest scorer in the postseason. That's how historic his his scoring has been. And and I do believe this. I do believe that that without saying it, Devin Booker knows what time it is. He knows he knows what it felt like and what it looked like to end last year the way he did. And if your plan is to be legendary, you gotta you gotta you gotta erase that as soon as possible. And that's exactly what he's doing. And, and now you look at this Denver series. I mean. I mean, it, it's. I, I, I understand Denver is going to be a much uh, more stout test for the Phoenix Suns. Aaron Gordon um, can do a real good job defending Kevin Durant. I, I don't know who's gonna who's gonna check Devin Booker. I don't know if they're going to put Michael Porter Jr. on him. I don't know. If good Jamal luck with Murray, that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I I don't know what the Nuggets are going to do for Devin Booker. So again, I I I, I grew up and I I. Learn the power of a superstar that will not be denied, and that is what we have right now. Yeah, uh, Devin Booker kind of reflected on his journey. Eight years in the league, all with Phoenix, uh, and he looked back on it at this point of his career. Definitely to the fact that, you know, I just I don't take any win for granted. I don't take any chance, you know, to, to do something special for granted. Um, you know, even, you know, just being from a young team to an established team now, <clears throat> It's just something totally different, um, you know, but I wouldn't change the, my journey for anybody else's, you know, there's not many young players in the league that just get to get thrown into the fire and play through mistakes and learn through mistakes, so, you know, it's tough taking them L's early on, but, you know, I think I got to develop my game and, you know, I had people that believed in me, an organization that believed in me, and, you know, I just took it from there. Yeah, and it makes it even more refreshing to hear somebody like Devin Booker say that, and we been talking about his career on this show from the be- from the beginning. Mm-hmm. When you're like, all right, here's the, the son's got a lottery pick, a guy from Kentucky. Let's see what he does. And he got thrust into the spotlight early because of the young nature of that roster. And it was ugly. It was ugly for him. It was ugly for the team. Not only on the floor and wins and losses. There was a lot of dysfunction, as we now know, in the organization. Devin Booker could have been like, any number of young players in the league that said, you know what, I'm getting mine, I'm pretty good at this, mm-hmm. but it's not going to happen here. No. And he has been completely consistent in his approach, and the thing that is so exciting about it, again, making that Jordan comparison about this elevation. Yeah. and listen, It wouldn't shock yeah. me to see him reach those levels, well, because the maniacal drive this guy has is coming out every single year in different ways. And for all the lunk-headedness the one thing Robert Sarver deserves credit for is treating Devin Booker right from yes. day one. Yes. From day one. Whether it's opening up the court in his house to let him play. Treating him right from day one. Paying him everything he wanted the minute he became eligible. That, that is paying off. I don't know how much of lo- how much loyalty that secured, along with the stuff Devin Booker talked about. But at least they did yeah. that right. For all the people who want to complain about Ryan McDonough, remember he drafted Devin Booker. It's that's like that's good enough for me. 
as a GM, Ryan McDonough will always be a success for that guy alone. Yes, and remember even the criticism. I remember, too, like during the Summer League in Vegas when, when Devin Booker sat down to sign that first big extension. There were people that said, what are the Suns doing? Isn't that a little early for Devin Booker to be mm-hmm. making that kind of money? Remember he had a broken hand or whatever? He was yes. trying to sign it with his pillow yes. cast on? What has he proven? That yeah, he what has yeah. he proven? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, this is, uh, this, is, this is so fun. This is so great to have a guy like like this doing what he's doing because it, it's 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 quite honestly the antidote to everything this market has been feeling. When Jordan showed up in Chicago, it was the same deal. We were living in a sports town that was just filled with failure everywhere and he just everyone just got on the magic carpet. Point to Daly, he, he Orlando Woolrich, Juan Oldham <laughs> because of the, the way Weddington it, uh, but it wasn't just that. It was everywhere in Chicago when I grew up. Everyone sucked. Yeah. Everybody. And then this guy comes along and just took us to the top of the mountain. This is what's happening here. And because so of the way it, people, because of the way he plays, he is the logical successor. He doesn't have the over the rim game that young Jordan had. No. But if you do the succession, Jordan to Kobe, Kobe to Booker, that's a succession. People tried to make LeBron as the next Jordan, but they're totally different totally kinds different of players. Yeah. The the mentality and the way they play and the, and the killer attitude, Jordan, Kobe, mm. Devin Booker. Yeah, I see a little bit of I see a little bit MJ and Jimmy Butler. The quick the the pogo stick jump shot well, that looks very Jordan esque to me. But and how his compete level goes the, up in the, the postseason. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 the stuff we're seeing from Devin Booker, this is just transcendent. Teams don't know what to do with him. No. It's fantastic to watch. <laughs> well, I, for Ty Lue to come out and say, listen, I, I threw everything at him, and, yeah. and we had no answer. That's that's a mouthful. It is. Coming up next, the second half of the show begins in style with the Bickley Blast. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings Fire. here on this Wednesday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.